to your daily game face. I'm Dr. Kim Lannon. I'm here with Lou Blasey, who is already annoying me this morning. I love how you have the smile when we start. Like you haven't <laughs> been terrorizing me for 10 minutes. <laughs> me terrorizing you. I would say that is not accurate information. You were not in what I would consider the best of moods when I walked in and you gave me a look. So I left and I turned around and came back in and said, let's start this over. I did not give you a look. You gave me a look. I it didn't. was that look of like, oh God, you're here again. That was the look. Well, that wasn't what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the look like, oh God, she's here again. I think that happened in your head. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm terrorizing you. I love how that <laughs> went right down the rat hole. And just so everyone knows, Lou was like, is this how it's going to be today? And I said, yes. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Yep. <laughs> so, Lou, we're coming off a wonderful show this weekend. That was and fun. And just for all the listeners, Lou <clears throat> thought that we weren't going to have a show today because we'd already done one this week. I don't know. When, when have we ever done says, two? going to have a show tomorrow. When have we done two shows in a week? Mm, when I was in Montana. Did we, do, we didn't do two shows yes, we in a did. week. Did we? Yes, we did. But that was a tape for a second show, right? I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. Right. There we go. But anyway, so if you missed the show on it was just Saturday, a confirmation question, that's all. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. If you missed the show on Saturday, which I know a lot of people did not miss it, actually. So, and actually, I thought well, maybe we should move the show to Saturdays because I got a ton more people <laughs> listening on Saturday yeah. than they do on the actual live today. So thanks everybody because. You know, lots of people that already listen, listen more on Saturday yes. because they were hanging out at the beach or listening to their podcast or whatever. But anyway, um, the show came live from Ogunquit, Maine. I was with Michelle Michalizzi from Michalizzi Enterprises, and she returned for the second time. And she will be returning one more time at least, and I'm sure more. But we talked about trauma and life after trauma and recovery and not just um, recovery from like drugs and alcohol, but just recovery in life from whether it's toxic relationships or or um, eating issues, or yeah. she, she outed out our, both of our dysfunctional upbringing, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and how we both recovered from our dysfunctional upbringing, sort of. Um, and then, you know, it, it was a really great show, tons of feedback. If you haven't seen it, please go back and either watch it on YouTube or on your favorite podcast channels um, to listen to it uh, because it got a ton of new followers. Thank you very much for everybody mm -hmm. that's listening in um, and following along and lots of great feedback, fun, fun, fun. And um, I would love to do a show again up in lovely Anchorage by the sea. I'll give them a shout out, even though they were totally unaware that we were coming, but they were very gracious and, uh, and allowed us to use their whole area. Oh, you just surprised them? Well, yeah. <laughs> I walked in and said, here we go. And and I had a lovely um, malfunction prior to the show, which I will not be talking about on air, but I will tell you about after because, you know, it'd be a little embarrassing. But anyway. You just did talk about it on air. Yeah, but what I did yeah. not say what the okay. wardrobe found. You, we muted you. We muted you from the actual information. You do. Oh, I know. I remember that. Yes. And then, and then there, was a, there, was, there were obscene gestures. There were obscene gestures. <laughs> there were things going on. I don't the, know what happened there. The, yeah. <laughs> that you screenshotted, I believe. I don't know. I wish I had. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Then you could have come back and watched and seen what we were saying by reading our lips. Bad. Anyway, so, so, so on that. There's all kinds of stuff going on. 
So on that, that's beautiful on the deck outside. It was beautiful, beautiful cloud-filled sky behind you. It was it was really nice. It was a perfect day up there. I haven't been up there in so long, and overlooking marginal way, overlooking marginal way, and it was Mm -hmm. packed as hell up there. Algonquin's crazy, insanity. And of course, you know, I was like, oh, you know, two weeks ago when we knew we were going up, I was like, I'll book a room because it would be nice. Well, um, the rooms just for a standard like little small little one bedroom, nothing, was seven hundred dollars. Wow. And unless you're paying for me to stay there, I'm not paying that money. <laughs> you know, 300 maybe, but 700 no. But they were booked anyway, so that's no. fine. And it's only a short jaunt up the up the road. So it was lovely. Um, so great anyway, town. moving along. Great, great getaway. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you you should go up there. I have. Take your lovely girlfriend. I have. I know. You've stayed at Anchorage by the Sea, in fact, haven't you? No, we no. didn't stay. I've been there, but I, we have Was that because there. you were cheap? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, no doubt about it. I knew it <laughs> all along. <laughs> I forget where did we stay last time? It was mile one or something? Like, I don't know. Mile something. Motel up. six. No, it wasn't a motel <laughs> six. It wasn't that bad. On the outskirts. It wasn't that bad, but it was nice. Oh boy. A lot less, a lot cheaper than seven hundred dollars. Was it a, a pay room. by hour? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> oh, I just love giving you a hard time. It's so much fun. This is where I get my, this is where I get to release all of my angst of my week of, you know, being with people. No, in fact, I am cheap. Don't get me wrong. I know you're cheap. But, I get it. Why do you, why would you announce it again but, on your own volition? But the last time up, we booked one night and I bought a second night. Right why there. did you get something stuck in your food or did you, no. <laughs> did you get a freebie night? Because No, no. I bought a second night okay. that the morning of that night stay. So I paid pretty well (laughs) we're gonna have to have a longer conversation i feel for your girlfriend why because you're cheap admittedly not only are you you're the worst kind of cheap you actually admit it you don't even try to like cover it well i'm what's the cover all right i'm not not making money like a psychologist conversation will help you okay what are we talking about today? So, well, we're talking, first of all, we're talking about, and just you just wait, because this is my show, so don't comment yet. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> first of all, I'm talking about the fact that, and I'm and I'm going to try to go to a straight face now, because I'm trying not to be funny, because it's not funny. So, if everyone, or if anyone has been following in the news, some of the news about Alex Jones, who I think is mentally unwell. Do you know who I'm talking about? I do. Okay. Well, I didn't know because you went flat too. So you I'm told like, me oh, to, I'm you getting, told me to not I'm talk. A, yeah. Because who yeah. knows what you're going to say about this. But Alex Jones, for people who don't know, he's he's a very off personality, characterologically. And he's a very big conspiracy theorist, like, woo, right over the edge, like right over the cliff, under the water, and into La La Land. Um, he had been going on and on about how Sandy Hook was a hoax and on and on. And um, and the reason why I bring this up is because one, we were talking about people and recovering from trauma and things like that. Um, and then Michelle and I were having a conversation about this after the show. And I think that give that's such a great example of um, the lead into what I'm talking about today about how to unlearn some things that you've learned, but uh, how someone who has such characterological, unwell, unhealthy thought processing has such an impact on so many people because they have a voice, 
which people could say, I have a voice too out in the world and maybe I'm crazy, but I don't think so. Um, he doesn't think he is either. So <laughs> what does that say? But, but, you know, at least objectively looking at him um, and hearing him um, to put out the stuff he says um, comes from such an unwell uh, mental health, poor space and the trauma that it has dropped out on lots of family members and particularly a mother, one mother um, who I, you know, I know that at the beginning of the month, he, he came out and said he apologized for, de, you know, debunking the whole thing and saying it was a hoax. But yet last week he was back on air with the victim witness impacts of the parents and this one particular mother. And it was very sad to see her speaking about how her son and the loss of her son and the murder of her son at Sandy Hook was so devastating to her and the recovery process and the trauma um, uh, and directly looking at him while he, although he said on the beginning, in the beginning of August that he completely apologized for everything, he was negating her while she was talking to him and the court about his sentencing, et cetera, and looking at her essentially negating her and invalidating her, which was in my mind, re-traumatizing. So, it, it's such an it, it's such a difficult thing to recover from trauma when you're being re-traumatized over and over again and social media and people of, of influence um, or anybody in your life can have such an impact on you. And so, you know, gaslighting, saying I'm sorry, but yet while you're doing the sorry, you're repeating the same behavior and thus inflicting more problem on the person. So I was just reflecting on that over the weekend because it was such a striking example over the weekend of the highlighting of Alex Jones's, um, I hate even bring, bringing up his name to say like, here's more amazing, you know, help for you to be on air. But, um, you know, the, the mentally unwell piece that Michelle and I were talking about, about how someone can be unwell and then impact so many people and then have it um, it's like a never-ending cycle in a in a in a vicious um, loop, and so how sad that is. And so, for people out there, if you know people that are in positions like that, or you know people that do hear kinds of um, misinformation or disinformation or lots of conspiracy theory kind of stuff, how um, prevalent that is in a, in in many countries, in many places, in many cultures, and how people get really uh, mentally unwell on top of already mentally unwell spaces. And so I wanted to bring that up as a as sort of a kickoff to how, you know, we learn so many things in our society in general, but that's such a striking example of how like that can become such a prolific um, narrative for people and how sad that is because it changes many people's lives and, and it's really hard to recover from something like that and how important it is to unlearn some of the social normy things that we get into that are so unhealthy and lose being so quiet why are you so quiet? I know I said don't speak. You but. said don't speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alex Jones got what he deserved. Alex Jones got caught up in a narrative that brought him money and fame and attention, and he ran with it. Right. And it hurt people. Bad. And the courts processed it correctly. And right. Thank God. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a pretty obvious case. But not to a lot of people. And that's where the unwell piece comes in, right? So to the court to you maybe, to me maybe, I'm thinking we are on the same page here, that it's a clear case. But for so many people that believe in that conspiratory theory kind of thing that get into this, you know, like 
Nazis didn't exist, Holocaust didn't exist. Oh, there, yeah, like, there are a lot of people who believe a lot like, of things. It's all yeah. these things yeah. Yeah. that are so damaging because it's so toxic and it comes from an unwell mind. And even though, you know, he made lots of money and he did it with purpose and intent and all the things that clearly it's obvious he was doing. Mm -hmm. There's that thing that he really still believes those things. He continues on the narrative, which is why I was pointing out that in, in the beginning of August, he apologized and in, in kind of yeah. ate crow. But then over the week, last week, he was negating her on the stand by shaking his head and telling her basically she was wrong. And, you know, essentially saying, yes, he still believes in his conspiracy theory, even though he's been fined. And he's well, how, how often do you find people with a bad thought process, a, deranged thought process find find it in themselves to make them to believe themselves they almost have to believe well, themselves, well right? that's the whole point of like a delusional system is that it's the self-belief of the thing the story that they're telling that's why when people get really good at lying one as a coping strategy and it is a defense and as a defense mechanism people get so caught up in their own lives they forget what the lie was that they told in the first place and then that perpetuates the next one so that you know they and then they don't think that they're as transparent as they are yeah and when they're not and when they don't know that everyone else around them can see it but they'll perpetuate they'll keep perpetuating it and the unwellness of that is you know i i think we were talking i was talking about it with someone yesterday the day before that here here you are like looking at someone and you're saying you're wearing a blue shirt and they're telling you, no, I'm not. And they believe that they're not, yeah. or at least they believe that they could convince you that they're not. Yeah. And it's like, wait a second. But I then you get into it. a self-confirming bias when you yeah. start dealing with these things where you're right. only listening to information that supports your delusional belief or, or your belief system. There's no critical thinking. You don't challenge what it is you believe. Right. Well, right. And, and so, and, and people, so people, especially ask me, such a, high profile and unpopular opinion like his right which was sandy hook was staged or it didn't exist and, like the and, holocaust and what like the holocaust right yeah and and so 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 there's several questions there that i get a lot from people when they're you're talking about their daily lives because people have stuff like this in their daily lives like people don't believe them or something's happened to them and right. um you know on a smaller scale in terms of their own personal impact. But when you look at, I, these are great examples of showing how, you know, it can capture a cult-like audience to follow the misinformation trail of that. And people will say, how can that possibly happen? Is because people, in one of the answers of uh, several answers that I give is people are always looking for something. Yeah. And you, like you said, confirmation bias, but it's that self-verifying theory of, oh, well, it's either too painful to look at and it can't possibly have something to wrap their mind around that it could be possibly true or that, you know, it's, it's actually, there's fun and drama in believing in those kinds of things yeah. because you have lots of, there's debate, there's controversy, there's all kinds of things to actually get your narrative going with someone else because people like conflict and confrontation. Um, yep. I had the moon landing was staged conversation this weekend. There are it, people who believe that. Right. Yeah. Well, well I, I have a client, I have a client whose husband believes that the world is actually flat and will fight you to death on it. Yeah. Like to like, and, and thinks that his proof is scientifically based. Sometimes the truth is so tangled and so mundane that right. people need something with a little bit more adrenaline kick, which is a conspiracy theory more often than not. And, and right. And so, well, so you know how I always talk about my three R's, right? What's rational, what's yeah. realistic and what's reasonable. And so in these conversations that you're well, having, well, I'm let me correct, by the way, what? I didn't have that conversation. I, I misspoke. 
Oh, okay. I just I just said mm-hmm and just kept going because at a certain level dealing with people, oh. you kind of have to go. All right. You know, right. We can't have a conversation about this because. Well, so so yeah. to my point of the three R's. Right. Yeah. So th there's a point where and I was going to sort of say that, but also another point. So my original point was the three R's. When you have to say, is that rational, realistic or reasonable for someone to think that way or to someone to tell me what they just told me or for me to actually believe that um, you have to really do a lot of that critical triangulated thinking to be like, is that really possible of what I know? And if I don't know, I better go look something up yeah. because that doesn't sound normal or healthy or well or whatever it is. But when you said you just you didn't have the conversation and you corrected, you said, I just went, uh huh. That's because your three R's went into motion and said, oh, yeah that's there's something off with that or you know there's you're not going to get anywhere with that thinking right. and or the you're not going to get anywhere with the conversation right. with that it's non-productive right um and and that's one a great strategy to not have to engage in that because then you don't go down this terrible awful conversation that's not going to go anywhere you know it's going to be horrific probably yep. at some point um but it's also part of the thing that we get caught up in in society which is about some of the topic today which is how to you know unlearning how to not sacrifice our own integrity of how we think to stifle it because some crazy thought process is out there and i don't say crazy like in a negative connotation at a person it's just a crazy thought process it's delusional it's nonsensical it doesn't yeah. make sense it doesn't have fact to back it up and what people forget or I shouldn't say forget people misuse fact that it they use they use assumption and presumption and all kinds of other things to make it seem like it's fact yeah. when in fact it's not so when someone says the world or the earth is flat and they have this have you ever heard the conspiracy theories about yeah. how the world is flat there's a great documentary on netflix by the yes. way about yes. it and it was because i felt for the guy it was it was kind of interesting to watch the whole thing and I, I liked him it's just that people get caught up in this and this is exactly what he talked about this became his personality mm -hmm. if i i don't know how recently you've seen the documentary it's been a while but it's about a guy who got sucked into the flat earth theory and then just ran with it and now he's big at these conventions and things like that and it's just like he gained acceptance within that realm of flat earthers right and gained um status within right. that realm of flat earthers and that kept him there that's what that's what drove him I, I don't know if he i don't even know if he believes it he just kind of kind of had again status and acceptance within that group and enjoyed it well so that's that's what one would ask like about alex jones because does he actually believe it or does he have this persona that he's putting out to make the money to have this because he's reached fame and fortune and he has a huge cult following yep. so you wonder but coming from the psychological science background that i have predictably it's more than likely and we can never be spot on but it's more than likely that the person does believe it to some degree because that's the way that they're able to perpetuate and facilitate the conversation keep going it, alex jones despite what you think of him seems to be a reasonably functioning human being and i don't know how reasonably functioning functioning human being can can accept that theory but when people i think this is more again he gained a certain so, sense of notoriety and following because of it so let's take for so point in case yeah or case in point when you have a person who's psychotic now psychotic thought processing is 
delusional. Sometimes it's hallucinations. Sometimes it's visual. Sometimes it's auditory. Sometimes it's just the delusional yeah. process of being really not with reality. It would, and so putting Alex aside, but just a psychotic yeah. person, what you were just saying, a psychotic person can function really well without detection and knowledge because they're able to hide it and couch it within because there's enough cognition and enough um, smarts, yeah. intellect, to be able to mask it, to look on some level like they're functioning at a high level and do. They can hold a job. They can drive a car. They can yeah. go grocery shopping. They can have a family. They can do all these things. However, the psychotic process is still there. They might slip in their non in their non um, public spaces and say off the wall things and do all the things, but you wouldn't necessarily see it behind closed doors. They might be talking to themselves all day. They might be doing things that are uh, ritualistic and and yeah. but as soon as they get into the public space or a space where they know to function appropriately because they've been socially normed into that, know how to do that. Because you'll see many, many people who are unmedicated with schizophrenia, not all, but many can actually do that. Yeah. And they have a paranoid process in their delusional thinking and they can actually function totally normally looking. But in fact, there's a very big problem behind it, which leads to other issues. So not I don't know Alex Jones. I'm going to bring I'm going to bring Alex Jones on back on the table because well, that's why I was just bringing him back. On the yeah, table. Um, you're right about everything. Obviously, you're right about everything that you said. In Alex Jones's case, however, the man has been talking on air for years. Yes. You know, and. I've done it. You can't, you don't hide personality flaws when you're talking four hours a day for years. People get to understand who right. you are. This, I, and, well, this, he, and he I, has, this, this is only speculation. All I know from having listened to him in the past and understanding this thing, he chose to say he believes this. Right. He can't believe. <laughs> well, he, he can't. I can't say whether or not he believes it, but he's very convincing yeah. to himself and others that he truly does believe it. And stands by it, despite his admission of yep. apologizing, he still stands by that he believes it. So I can't tell because I haven't met him. And usually I'm good once I've met someone to figure that out. But it's hard because I only have seen clips and bits and pieces yeah. of him. But in general, I think that he goes, everything has that edge to it. Everything yeah. has that over the top. You know, when you're talking about conspiracy theorists in general, yeah. they tend, you know, whether it's QAnon or the, you know, it's all has, they all have that stream of just right over the cliff. Like you, you know, you had me and then yeah. now it's, well, you maybe you didn't have me, but at least it was like, well, I'll have to think about that. But then there's a point where you go, yeah, no, because now you, you've lost reality. And it's probably a lot of the training I've had and my 20 odd years of experience, almost 30 of being able to look at a situation and go, no. Because it doesn't make sense when you put all the pieces of information. You don't even triangulate. You quad, you yeah. quadrate. That's what you, yeah. you, you do all kinds of different angles to make sure that you're really looking to see, is this a possibility? Because, because it's super yeah. important to be able to protect oneself from um, damaging, traumatizing information, um, which leads to like, you know, take, you know, not just Alex Jones. Look at look at David Koresh. He had he had a conspiracy theory, right? David mm -hmm. Koresh. For everyone that's a listener that's really young and has no idea, he was in um, 
Waco, Texas. Mm-hmm. He he was a religious. What do you want to call? What would we call him? He was like a. He was pol- cult leader. He well, he's a cult leader, but yeah. he was all based in like religious political. Yeah. Did you see this documentary on that, by the way? Yes, I have. Seen that. Very good. Yes, yeah, I thought. Um, so when you look at cult leader Jim Jones, you look at all these people yeah. that are out there yep. that lead people into their following. Um, one, I often get asked and have been asked even like in like for writing and, and, and articles of like, why do people follow? People follow because they're vulnerable. People follow because they're looking for something. People follow because it seems like it fits their narrative or would fit something because someone's accepting them right. if they say they can, they believe and they fit in. So it's relief from isolation. It's, it's yes. Yeah. And so, you know, and you get and you, and we see, we've seen a lot of that in many, many political cases going on in the past, you know, we'll say six years. And <laughs> remember, it's my show. Yep. And, 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 like and this doesn't happen all over and everywhere. But it ha- well, that's the thing is it's yeah. not, it's not isolated. So it's a phenomenon. It's not really a phenomenon in the fact that it happens. You know, we have, I'm just not willing to let Alex Jones off the hook. Cause I think he's more capable than falling into that trap. He See, did I, this well, deliberately. And well, it, it's, clearly, well, it's vile that's because clearly you don't like Alex Jones, which I don't either. Well, I mean, and I've, like I said, I've listened to him. I mean, I think he was on the air here on one of our stations for a while. You can't, you can't be on the air and you can't be psychotic and on the air and people don't know it. You that's just, not you, true. You can't hold oh, it. that's not true. People, you can't hold that up for four hours a day. People, you can't do but it. He, t- he talks like he talks and that's just who, like, that's who he is. That's stick. That's his shtick, but yeah. his shtick never his shtick never shtick stops. Never stops. <laughs> his and shtick. I think this is his magnum opus for, for what he's been doing all along. This is where he got the most response, the most notoriety, the most support from the other crazies out there. Right. Yeah. And so I think he desperately needs to stick with it because this is his defining moment. So so one of the things that came up around this for, for some of my clients that were upset by it and, you know, and, and lots of these things, it, it always amazes me is that this is what's touching my clients' lives. You know, it's like they have other things going on, but they get focused on these things, which is why it comes up for me. Um, media, media has a huge impact. Well, on it does. Lives. And that's yeah. what yeah. Michelle and I were talking about, how much social media learn learns people, yep. right? It teaches people so many things. But one of the things is, you know, simply that's the, that's the, um, antidote to this turn off the thing that you're listening to when it feels bad if something you're hearing feels like it's wrong for you and you don't feel that you have the capacity or that it's really upsetting you like things upset me all the time if i watch them on the news at the gym thank god i run on the treadmill because that runs off all these angst i see from watching all the crazy stuff i watch on tv while i'm running but if you don't have the capacity to process that and really, you have to process it and get rid of it so that you don't hold it because so many people watch, you know, one channel for fact and that's it and then take it away and then they sit with it and brood over it. And then they, you know, it's like the people that leave one channel on a day looping all day long and the same thing over and over and over and over. That's and you know what that creates? Huh? You know what that creates? Crazy. Enemies. <laughs> no, no. People who don't think like you become enemies. Oh. And then, then we have division. When you get ensconced in a particular thought process, no matter what it is, and you can't have the conversation with somebody about it. I mean, again, you're not going to have a conversation with someone who thinks the earth is flat. You shouldn't. It's a waste of time. Unless you want to have an entertaining conversation. Well, yeah. 
Sometimes can, I'm in the yes, mood for those. I did. Ap- I have to <laughs> give a shout out because I don't. I do have to give a funny shout out because I was with some people this weekend. Um, I'll just I'll just say Kevin and Bob. Hey, <laughs> but Kevin and Bob, we were we were having these conversations, and the reason why we could have these conversations because we were all in the opposite. Well, we weren't all. There were half camp one, half camp another in varieties of topics. Yeah, we were able to have the conversations because everyone, like you and I, talked. Everyone respected the opinion. Yep, and used humor and like to yeah. still. But at the end of it all, it was still everyone was okay because, because we're not. It was like okay, you have this and I have that, and we think this and I, you know. But it's okay because we accepted that it's it's the relationship and yeah. the connection was way more important than the fodder that we were having which is how we knew we could keep going and picking and well you and i have some differences but you're not the enemy right and i hopefully i'm not the enemy but too many times social media s- steps well, it up i come in and i have to, to the point where back in in the morning to the point where it's bad mood yeah well <laughs> keep going but uh, social media gets it to the point where a media in general gets it to the point where if you don't believe me you're the enemy and yeah, and I and I well, and, and I know the media keeps getting a, a hit on that, but I think even without the media, there's still that going on. Like you look at school kids coming home and talking because I mean, take media off. When we were growing up, I remember, I remember having squabbles with kids, and why there was no, I mean, TV was ir- technically irrelevant. Three's Company was the big show, you know, Love Boat, you know, yeah. Fantasy Island. It wasn't like anything big, right? Walter Cronkite was the. <laughs> Yeah. anchor at the time so it wasn't like anything earth shattering um but what that was then was it was kids coming to kids and saying things like well you know this is what the truth is and i'd say like where do you hear that well my mom told me my dad told me but yeah. and there's you know it's 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 everywhere but in different ways and now we do have the media outlets pushing us um into those things but that was already existing prior to social media that just amplifies but it. there wasn't this the, the whole alex jones thing is about the amplification of the people behind him supporting right. his viewpoint right. and that's what social media creates for the average person and the average person uh, the average person tends to get drunk on that really easily yes you get into a group where everybody agrees with you and you just go at you go at the enemy that's what you spend your day doing well, and i would change it from not the average person right i would change it from from it's not necessarily the average person that it appeals to it appeal it, again it, it appeals to a vulnerable person who feels disenfranchised yeah. and that one person has found the voice for them in that topic and therefore they're speaking for them and they glom onto it because of their own vulnerability but how many times so did i know you, you say seen, it's average yeah. but i don't think just every average joe was going to jump onto the alex jones train but how many times have you seen on facebook in a facebook group for example a man or a woman who you'd have a perfectly pleasant conversation with face to face in a grocery store, but they're, you know, <clears throat> they're out of their minds in a, in a group because I see again, they have support. Daily. Yeah. I mean, it's just a we're different. We're alter egos I'm, with different I'm personalities because I have so many things yeah. running through my head yeah. just in the past week of cuckoo conversations that have been on Facebook <laughs> of, that I, I don't participate in, but I watch and giggle and go, oh my God. Like I live, Newburyport, I live in Newburyport. I live in Newburyport. It's crazy. Again, it, well, people who every, are the nicest it's, people. It's all those little, yeah. you know, town of blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. just insert town and put in, unfortunately, I have to say it, and no offense to actual people who are named Karen, but it's all the Karens <laughs> and all the Kevins yeah. and not my new friend, Kevin, that I was over yep. the weekend with. But 
gets all of these people who are like, okay, so for instance, I have to put this out there. Somebody actually complained that the town had put up in a very high area of traffic where endangered little turtles cross. I'm not kidding. Okay. They put up a sign basically with a turtle thing saying essentially slow down because you're going too fast yeah. and you're hitting the turtles. Right. So somebody complained about the sign, about the sign. This is not in my town. I won't name the town. Yep. It's just in one of my little feeds. Or you could just drive by the sign. <laughs> but the town You'll have a happier so life. much feedback from yeah. this one person. They took the sign down. Oh, my God. Really? So, yes. So the town as a whole, I mean, what I could see as a whole, the one person won the fight. But then, say, 500 other people were like, why did you take the sign down? And why wouldn't you love turtles? And why? So now there's this ongoing battle on this site. Over the turtle sign. What and is this is what they're doing. This There's nothing better in life to talk about. What is the harm of having a sign up with this a turtle is, on it? This was the point. It was like, who was it harming? And it wasn't on it wasn't on st uh, city grounds. It was on someone's property. And the, and the town came in and took it down. So oh, there's, I'm, I'm like, oh, it's going to be a lawsuit because now 500 people. So the town didn't put it up? Somebody I, private put it up? My understanding yeah. was, and I'm sure someone who's listening will be out there going, well, this is how it went. I mean, yeah, you know, whatever it's, you know, it's misinformation because it's Facebook. Yep. But my understanding was that someone had put it up on their property, but the town came and took it down because another neighbor complained about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I, I mean, I could be wrong about the actual facts, but I just know that the sign was there. Yep. It was for turtles and the town came and took it down because this one person who they named <laughs> complained. And then everybody went, you know, like with their pitchfork and their lantern, charge yep. at that person because they were being a Karen. Because yep. they didn't like the sign. They didn't like the sign. Well. <laughs> and so. I don't think every Tom, Dick, and Harry should be putting up signs on the side of the road. But, yeah. Listen, don't get on the bandwagon of the sign taker <laughs> downer of the turtles. Because there's going to be something. If you drive by my house, have you have you driven by my house? Do you no. know what signs I have on my trees? Because people are insane on my street. On your trees? Well, that's fine. I have them on my trees. Yeah. That are right along the road that are my trees. That's fine. Duck crossing signs because people almost kill all my baby ducks and all my baby geese every spring. And nobody, well, now I've said that. It's probably someone's going to come take my signs. No. <laughs> I'd have to see. I'd have if to that see. happens, you, you it's your fault. Put a sign on the side of the tree. That's fine. You put up what looks like. I don't know if it looks like a street sign. Does it look like the city yes. put it up? No, no, it doesn't look like the city put it up. It's an actual street sign, though. Okay. It's made by streetsigns.com or something. They make those signs. People have them. And I'm not the only one on my street that has that. So <laughs> listen, you get off the camp of my point. You are on the wrong side. Okay. Fine. The point is, is that there's always something out there in Facebook land or in Instagram yeah. of someone complaining about someone else doing something that they don't like. There's community and there's a bunch of people out there with tinfoil hats and shields and <laughs> their little cardboard swords who go around doing this on social media because they find a like. They have like, nothing else to do. That, yeah, but they find a like-minded group that thinks, yeah, yeah, they're just cheering them on. So you can get cheered on on social media, which you can't and normally in, in everyday life. And people There's love that. There's mental unwellness about some of this, though. Of course. So. Well, I told you, my favorite one is in the peak of the COVID pandemic. The Are peak you talking of about it. the people outside yelling at you? For... No. Nope. Oh. 
the peak of the COVID pandemic, we're all going to die at this point. Mm. And nobody can do anything. You can't leave the house. And well, there's, lying. there's a post about a woman complaining because people are idling their cars while the drawbridge opened in Newburyport. And should we stop them from doing it? Again, everybody's going to die. Nobody's going to work. The economy is in the crapper. We don't know what's going to happen. And she's complaining because people are idling their car while the bridge is up in Newburyport. It's like, it, and by the way, got support. And th this is my point. Yeah. It's the Karen yeah. that's disenfranchised because she's vulnerable to something in her mind. Yeah. And therefore, but then she drove, drove, drew, drew, she drew people that were like-minded and that's what happens. But you have to be careful of the unwell mind. M people might think I'm an unwell mind. People <laughs> might think you're an unwell mind, but I'd rather you listen to me. <laughs> At least I'm certifiable. <laughs> yeah, but we have to be we have to be aware of this thing in ourselves. Well, that, and that's getting the thing is people in, in that loop. But that's the thing is that people aren't, and that's one of the yeah. one of the high signs that people can take anything today is like have some self awareness. Think for yourself. So many people are so easy to follow. You get told something, and you're like, "Really? That's true? No, not necessarily." And you know, I'm like that even with all my clients. Yep. I'll tell you something, and I'll also say, if you don't believe me please make sure you go and check out 10 different sources. If you want me to give you a source to start somewhere, fine. But you are more, and I always say, just don't go to Wikipedia, but go and find out, go find out why it's true. Why yep. you think it's not true. I don't care, but by and large, go check it out. Like don't, I, I you know, I'm, I want people to do their own research, to, you know, and so many people, especially in the medical field, um, and we've had this conversation on the show before, is that you don't, you've learned so many times over that you just trust an authority figure because what they say must be true because they have the degree. Okay. By and large, most people are not crackpots and they're not like practicing voodoo medicine and they're doing a good job and they're doing no harm and all those things. However, you know, make sure that if you feel like, hmm, that's so different, you know, or, um, you know, I, great examples. I can't tell you how many patients come into my office. I take their medication list and then I'll say, what are these for? I know what they're for. Yep. And they'll be like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Blindly taking something or five things and having no idea what and each thing is for or having a little thought of what it's for or being misinformed of what it's for because the doctor told them that just because it was easier yep and then not realizing that the seven symptoms that they're experiencing are all counter indications of each other because of the medications are all interacting and that's why they have the problems that they're having and then that's creating the mental health issue that they're having and they have no idea that's going on because they blindly listen to that. So that's one of the reasons why I'm a natural path yeah. and holistic person is that I try to get people to look at all of that with combination of working with their, their practitioners of saying, this is causing this. And 98% of the time, most of the time I will get a doctor that will go, Oh, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. a difficult thing though. I'm going through this myself because you try, I try to do this. I try to educate myself about what I'm being prescribed, but by the same token, if you start going online to educate yourself about something medical, you end You're up with die. cancer. You end up with cancer. Right. Well, that's exactly. I told, wait, but, yeah. <laughs> but 
But if but <laughs> every so, every thread you follow on the internet about health information ends up with you having cancer. I know, but here's so here's the difference, like between what you just said and what I say to people when they go yeah. look, because I'm very much against people googling stuff yeah. and coming in and diagnosing themselves. Because right. I get that all the time. People come in and say, "I have this," I'm like, "No, you don't." You know, because everybody's got a tumor. Yeah. Everybody's like, "Got." I have one patient that thinks she's always got pancreatic cancer. She doesn't. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've medically checked all these things out, right? Well, Google we, will we tell you do. that consistently. But when I say like, hey, um, let me think of a good example um, here. you So you have Asperger's, right? You have autistic spectrum disorder. And here's why I think that. Here's where you can go and look. And then here's two other sites that are not related to that. Hmm. And they will lead you to other sites that will explain. And if you feel that that fits you, you know, let's have a conversation about it. Yeah. And, you know, because I want them to not just be blindly taking like, well, you have major depressive disorder. I get you know, So I tell them like, here's where you should go. And then that will lead them. Yep. They don't just go in and type in because that's going to lead you to the tumor. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's a very specific, but it's also like, you're going to find when you do the search, I tell you to do, you're going to find also ones that say, this isn't what it is. This is what it is. So you're at least getting the other information because it's not about just lining up a person to go towards the, the label. It's about having them see that there's options out there to think about, about how to see it, what kind of treatment options there are, what there isn't. So whether it's that or, or I have biggest, most overused word, I have depression. Depression is not a continuum of unwellness in, in mood dysregulation, right? So depression isn't just feeling down. And then, so when people come in and say, I I'm depressed and I've been depressed and my doctor says I'm depressed. Well, I go through a very thorough checklist as soon as I hear that word all of a sudden. And it's not a checklist, like a checklist at the doctor's office that you fill out that has the 20 questions yeah. that are obvious that if you want to look depressed, you just check it and say, I am. So you get medication. Well, he saw her for three minutes. So he, exactly. he would know. She's Less depressed. Than three minutes. Yeah. I go through an hour long chat at least two or three times about first I educate what depression really is. So the person has an understanding. And then we have a long conversation about how long have these symptoms been going on? What do the symptoms really look like? Are they situational? Are they you know, lifelong? Like, there's so many questions that have to be answered about depression. And more often than not, it's not a person has major depressive disorder, which is a whole different thing that I, yeah. I also say, I'm not going to tell you what it is because once that happens, well, now you have it, right? The, the, the yeah. nocebo effect, right? Like if you put something out there and you say it's so, it's so. Well, is, is you run into a lot of self-confirmation. In other words, right. I, I laugh about this all the time. I'm a Leo by birth. And I always say I'm a textbook Leo, but sometimes I wonder it's because I've read what a Leo is mm -hmm. and I become what a Leo right. is. I did it with INFJ. Right. A lot, you know, those types of personalities, the Myers, Briggs, Myers. Myers, Briggs. Myers, Briggs. And wrote about it, read about it, did the test, came up with it, and I said, oh, yeah, that's me. And then you just start kind of confirming it. Yeah, that's right. who I am. And so well, you and, act that, and that way. Happens, and so that's yeah. what happens a lot. That's why I get people come in self-diagnosed, or they go in and they tell their primary care physician what they have. And the primary care is like, well, okay, you must have that. But then by the time I get to see them, I'm like, you don't have that. People people have ADD. I, un I undiagnose ADD more than, <laughs> than I diagnose ADD because it's usually something else. Yep. Doesn't mean that sometimes people don't, they, they don't have it, but 
oftentimes it will be something else. Joseph has to elaborate on his comment. Who did? He's Joseph. Oh wait, I have to. I, I have. It reminds to, me of a song no, by I'm the band totally Tesla. I'm completely blind. You have to wait for me to like. <laughs> That's okay. Good morning, Joe. <laughs> I don't know. I need more clarification on that. I know. What song by Tesla is that? But yeah, because what happens is when you get a diagnosis, your 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 responsibility is taken off your shoulders. Well, right. And so, and that's one of the things about, boy, how we've gone from one part of this conversation to another, but, and I haven't even gotten to the actual big topic today, okay. but. Um, oh, you should. I should or shouldn't. You should. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but when, when diagnoses in psychology. Yeah. Specifically, I can, I'll speak for. They're, they're billing points. They're so that we can bill. I mean, quite frankly, it's so that because no, you have to have a diagnostic code to be able to bill to the insurance company. I don't typically talk about diagnoses with my clients unless they ask, which occasionally a person will say, what do you diagnose me with? Um, or if there's something going on that needs to be like, you know, they need it for their workman's comp case or like, for, again, right. something that has to be billable or something right. that has to do with something tangible. Has to be systemized. Right. Because... Yeah. The label creates that piece that you just said. It creates hands off the wheel. I don't take responsibility. Yeah. I don't have to. I don't own anything. There's no issue. There's nothing I can do about all that stuff. So I only work in solution. I don't work with you have a problem. I only work with we have a scenario that creates an issue and we have to figure out how to move past it. Sometimes people say, I need to be fixed. You're not broken. You're <laughs> yeah. not broken. There might be things that are off your, I call it the wellness wheel, that might be wobbly because they're missing or you need to fill them in better or you're too much attention to one thing. But we're always trying to figure out how to move forward despite this, as you see on my website, function despite dysfunction. So it's not about you have an anxiety disorder, you have post-traumatic syndrome, you have bipolar. It's about we have symptoms that come up because there's some issues going on and what do we need to do to make that feel better so you function at your best? That is not the typical way of thinking about a problem. Like, right, come in with diabetes, you give someone insulin, you're out the door. You're, but you're supposed to talk about diet and exercise and all these things. Nope. I get clients coming in all the time. They have high cholesterol, diabetes, and no one ever tells them that when you have or pre-diabetes and cholesterol issues and you have the medications on board, two or three of the medications often used for some of the treatment of that make you have anxiety and depression, but nobody tells them that. Right. Right. So, so it, it's yeah. a very vicious cycle. And there I find myself always educating going like, we have to revamp what you're eating. We have to get exercise on the table. You need to drink more water. Oh, and then, you know, people always think, oh, you always just talk exercise. Well, yeah, you have to, because exercise moves your brain chemicals to make you not end up not thinking for yourself yep. and makes you smarter all the way around because your body then knows what to do. Um, but unfortunately your business has gone pharmacological as well over, over the past couple of decades. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. But that, that's, so you have to but deal I with haven't. That. No, I know, but that's unfortunately many people give up your side of the street because it takes work God as forbid. opposed to going and taking a pill. And then here's the thing. My that kids I tell ADHD, people, give them a pill. They'll be fine. And here's no, the thing the that I tell um, parents often is mm -hmm. that instead of giving your kid the pill right away, remember that 
there's behavioral modifications because your brain is still developing until you're in your 20s. Your kid is eight. Why would you give them a, a stimulant when the brain, the frontal lobe is still developing all the executive functioning pieces, all of those things that need to have you working and functioning and all the things that you have to have in your life to be able to move forward. Um, you have to be able to have some sense of control over that so that you don't have to rely on an external thing other than something that you can control yourself. Um, thank you, Lou. Lou is, thank you, Lou. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, Joanne's looking for the website. She's it's at the top the of the screen. Gamefaceconsulting.com. Yes, the, um, the website also has some construction going on on it. So I'm not sure what <laughs> state it's in currently, but nonetheless, it's there. Um, so we took a walk like we normally do. We did. And I still want to come back yeah, to my yeah, topic. Was, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the topic. <laughs> Don't tell me how to run my show. It's my <sighs> job, actually. Um, okay. So, well, it actually kind of goes with it. So it's not yeah. like we're way off topic, but I was... I, it, we basically learn things, right? So we're talking about how you learn things in life. You learn to, you learn to kind of take on the role. You learn to take on the whatever the society pins on you, whatever you buy into, whatever you believe, and so on and so forth. So I thought it was important after my conversation with Michelle this weekend about we learn a lot of things. We learn socially, emotionally, spiritually, um, interpersonally, relationally, sexually. We learn all these things in life that end up suppressing us and oppressing us in many ways. Um, and, and so I was, I put together a list of things that it would be good as tips to unlearn and that, because anything you learn, you can unlearn. Yep. And people will kind of look at me, you don't, but people usually look at me like, what? Cause it, again, you can take responsibility and onus for the thing. It's another very valuable skill. It is. Question everything you think but, you know. Well, but it, but it takes work and people yeah. don't like the work. But nonetheless, it's if you can pick one of these and work on it. So I've got um, nine things of, that we can talk about. Hopefully I'll get them all out and then we can just beat one to death. But OK, <laughs> as we always do. OK, that was so, the voice of experience right there. <laughs> I know. So, OK, so one. Um, so things to unlearn societal standards about beauty and diet mm -hmm. both men and women have this as a problem sure right so unlearning what society puts out there as the image and we i've talked about this before you know you look at the dove did a beautiful campaign the dove company did a beautiful campaign on showing how the beauty industry pitches towards men and women to look beautiful and flawless right. and amazing but and they show by actual a quick time video of how you take this beautiful woman who's natural in all of her beauty and then make her into this supermodel looking person and you can't tell you can you cannot even tell the same person right. after yep. they do that because people don't buy in when they look at the beautiful covers of something of you know muscle you know muscle and fitness or men's health or women's health or whatever the magazine or sports illustrated is always a go to is that they airbrush everything and people are like no no it's all natural they don't have any cellulite everybody has cellulite especially women because that's part of the body thing you have to work on it really hard once you have it and it's really hard to get rid of it if ever because it's not one of those things even though they'll tell you yep. oh take this pill and it goes but 
they not only the airbrush, they lift your eyebrows, they pull all the photoshopping that happens to make you they look elongate the your, most perfect your torso, way. they elongate your calves and things like that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or you know, so so that's why I think that I mean we're definitely going towards more of a trend towards the natural beauty and especially you see lots of commercials for you know be be healthy in in your in your body but eat right drink water right. you know do things but it, you know you don't have to be you know twiggy thin right. you have to but you have to be healthy so the societal so i'm learning that 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 beauty and diet culture you know the the diet culture in this co yeah. country in terms of the diet plans and the diet products and the diet pills and all that stuff billion dollars of business and it always comes down in my mind too all you have to do is eat right eat clean and exercise and drink water and half your body weight in ounces and get some sleep right but of course <laughs> yeah. people want to be like i'm gonna go take dexatrim and fenfen and which is all bad now but you know, there's the many weight loss clinics now. And, you know, there's like drugs like Ozempic and things like that that help you, right? Well, there's also a lot of things that come with taking things like that. I know that people look for the quick fix, but you yep. take things like Ozempic. I always laugh. Have you ever seen the commercials for, for the medications? No. Like, so I, I mean, I'm sort of exaggerating here, but not really. Because, you know, like if you're bleeding from the eyes. Yeah. Or if you're, <laughs> All the disclaimers, or if yeah. Or if your arm falls off alert you or i particularly love the part where it could lead to death please contact your doctor if any of these i'm like you'd be dead you know <laughs> just the humor of the irony of the whole thing know, right? just makes me laugh so anyway so now that i've beaten that one so let's un try to unlearn you know some kind of of beauty or diet culture standard in some way the next one is seeking external validation um to get self reassurance that's a hard one. So we spend a lot of the show talking about. We what well, was right. Yeah. So we spend tons of time in our lives because we're trained very early on to look to others, externals for validation instead of looking at ourselves and trusting ourselves. It's very rare to find parents because that's where it stems from. Primary caregivers mm -hmm. who teach their children self-assurance, self-reliance and self-assuredness. It just is very difficult because by and large, especially in my practice, kid comes in, it's usually the kid is like the healthier of all the family and it's yep. the family that's not in the room. And I'm like looking at the head going, yep. mom and dad should be in the room. Mm -hmm. And to get mom and dad in the room is usually a shit show, yep. to be quite frank. Because yep. it's usually like, no, we don't have a problem. It's not us, you know? And because um, it's scary because the parent has to look at themselves and realize whatever right. they've done or haven't done or whatever. So occasionally I get some really good, um, I call them good doobie parents who come in and really want to do the work because they want everybody in the house to be functioning well. So it's good, but that's not, the, that's not my norm. Right. And I don't think it's any of my colleagues norms either. So, but really looking to unlearn how to uh, validate yourself through others. You know, there's nothing wrong with getting assurance from someone being like, you look nice today or, but it's about, are you seeking it? Are you needing to seek it out to get it to feel okay enough? And are you, can you fill up your own cup or does someone else need to fill it up? Right. And, and that's, you know, that's not, that's not just a small group of people. Next one is, um, big distracting from hard feelings instead of pr processing them. So this is where addiction comes in distracting yourself through food instead of processing the feelings, right? You, most people eat who are obese or who are anorexic and bulimic, they're not processing what's right. going on. They're distracting themselves through something else 
to get away from the feeling. So you can unlearn that, but you have to be able to look at it and process like right now I'm, I'm drinking or I'm eating or I'm gambling or I'm having sex because I'm running from this other thing. And even taking one little piece of that and being like, okay, why am, you know, the halt technique I've taught many times. Are you hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? If you're not hungry, then you shouldn't be eating. Yeah. And don't kid yourself that you're hungry because if you're angry, which could be frustrated, agitated, resentful, any of those things that counts in the A, lonely, lonely could be lonely, bored, um, feeling abandoned, detached, mm-hmm. right? And then tired is fatigued for a variety of reasons. If it's the A, L, or T of any kind, then that means you can use it for any of the isms. That means that you shouldn't have the drink. You shouldn't smoke the cigarette. You shouldn't have the bong hit. Sounds so weird to say. (laughs) You you probably shouldn't shoot up heroin in your arm, snort cocaine. You know, all the things that you shouldn't do should not happen in that moment because you're really running. That's a great theory to talk about because people... I think know that they're running, but it's, they're already too far into it. So you have to get sober in those, those moments. But when you're not doing an ism, but you're, you're distracting yourself like workaholics, they don't have any other identity, but working. Why they retire and then they go, Oh my God. And many, unfortunately for a very long time, the trend is, has been that, you know, men, would stop working. Now women are having the same issue, but if you do not have a hobby and you do not have a lot of interest, one or two other things that you're doing and a social set of friends, when you go to retire, the mortality rate is drastically changed for that person because they lack the um, support system and the bubble that needs to be there to actually make a person still flourish for another 20, 30 years. They lack a purpose. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so there's, so there's the next one. So distracting from hard feelings instead of processing them. So unlearning that process. The next one is making yourself smaller to fit into social situations. People, I use the apology thing. People always apologize for themselves. And that's when I say, why are you apologizing? Did you do something wrong? I've taught that to many of my gymnasts over the years. They'll, they'll make a mistake and be like, I'm sorry. Did you do something wrong? Well, I made a mistake. I didn't do it right. You didn't, you know, but you didn't do anything wrong. You know, yeah. someone spills soda on, or water on the table during dinner and they immediately go into that stress response of like, cause they've gotten in trouble. Someone said something yeah. mean to them or whatever. They're, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That pattern of making oneself small mm-hmm. to be able to fit in socially. Like I won't, I won't rock the boat. I won't say anything because you know, that would be that I'm going to be in trouble. Yep. So I'm going to, I'm going to become suppressed in order to be able to fit in or only, or meek. And especially, unfortunately, women do this all the time. Women are very, um, very good at chameleoning themselves to be able to fit into like the boys club much of the time. And I use that very specifically because that happens a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you hear it in the Hollywood, um, conversations all the time, you know, you know, you p- turn on TV on any given day and somebody's talking about, you know, something that's happened to somebody and, you know, the whole Me Too movement was part sure. of that. Yeah. Um, but it happens on a day-to-day basis in, in school, it happens, you know, in workplaces and, and it's not just to women, but it just, because I'm female and it definitely happens to sure. me and I still yeah. have it happen. I have to, un- I have had to unlearn And I am also still practicing the unlearning part of that because 
to be small in some scenarios is to my benefit. <laughs> and I'm aware enough to know sure. that being small in certain moments helps me, which when I'm with some of my girlfriends, we talk about and go, are you kidding me? We have to do this. Yep. But it's, it, and unfortunately it works. So it's hard to unlearn. It's not that it's, un, you can't unlearn it because I've unlearned it, but, but I now actively know when to that's utilize That's different it. than cowering though. Right. Yeah. Right. And by the way, I don't know any of these women, so. You don't know any of these women. Well, actually, I don't know any women who make themselves smaller around me. Oh, small around you? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> no, I know. I don't with yeah. you. Yeah. But I don't need to because you're no. not disrespectful. Yeah. You don't. So here's the important piece about that. Oh, I'm going to give you a compliment. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Okay, ready. here it yeah. comes. You don't create an environment as a man and as a human being where a female or anyone that I've ever been around you with would have to feel like they have to make themselves small because you give enough space that everything is welcome. Yeah. Well, look at that. That's being human. Yeah. But not everybody's yeah. human, Lou. And I just gave you a compliment. You're welcome. No, thank you. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Except for you're sexist, but we already know that. No. I give it and I take it away. Okay. If the definition of sexist is men and women are different, I'm guilty. No, I'm just giving you crap yeah. from a couple weeks I ago. Relax. I understand. Relax. I understand. Okay. The next one. Can I go on to the next one? Of course. Okay. I'm um, pretending like, see, I just made myself small. Can I go <laughs> on to the next one? It's my show. I'm going That's on to right. the next one. Okay. Pretending like I'm fine instead of asking for support. People do this all the time. They'd rather, they feel they're a burden, they're a bother. They don't want to, like, they don't want to look weak or vulnerable. So they won't ask for help. Um, I see this all the time in addiction work. People would rather struggle and then end up drinking or drugging or doing whatever they're doing than ask for help. One of the biggest recovery tools is help seeking, having a resource list of when I feel a craving, when I feel like I'm not doing well, when I'm triggered to do any of the behaviors that are my coping strategies, I have 17 people on a list that I can call or I can go to or I can talk to. That's the one piece that's usually missing in people's lives. They but don't have a support system. That's the poster child example of the underlying problem with this, though, yes. because addicts don't believe addicts rightly don't believe that non-addicts can get into their mind space, can understand right. if you what's going on. Experience yeah. like me, then you have no idea, which yeah. isn't true. Well, it's not true. I've heard some stories. It's it's hard to get in the mind space of, of an addict. Well, it is so. It's, I mean, I've it, done a, for people who don't know, I've done several addiction shows, yeah. Too, and the stories that they tell and the mind space that they get in, it's hard for us who haven't experienced addiction to um, ever being in that place. So I think so. Yeah. To your point, I think to the yes, I I feel privileged to be able to actually go into the mind space because I've been doing this work so long. Yeah. I get it in a different way. I think that to the everyday person, to the lay person who doesn't have addiction, you know, the people that would be like, why can't they just stop? Yes. There's that, that population of people that just don't understand mm. that mindset. Like, but oh. people ask me all the time why I've done counseling and I've done counseling in the past. I've done several runs of it. And, and the answer for me is, I don't have anyone in my space that can, I can have these conversations right. with. And that, that's that's what people feel, which is right. why they don't look for help, because they don't feel like they have anyone who can handle that conversation. 
well, they can't, they, either they can't handle it or it's too vulnerable making yeah. or people aren't trustworthy and we'll right. use it against them or they'll talk about it. Like there, there's, exactly. the, there's the benefit of therapy is that yeah. it's the, you, the, it's a privileged conversation. It's a confidential conversation it's between safe. you and someone else that yeah. is legally and ethically bound for your safety. Um, so it's an emotionally safe space for you. Yep. Whereas friendships and relationships can turn. Yeah. As we know. Yeah. Right. It's like handing somebody a knife quite often. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, next one, ignoring your own boundaries to please other people. So this goes to that conversation last week that I had on my show about boundaries is that um, people sacrifice, again, people sacrifice their integrity to make another person happy. They'll say yes when they want to say no. Mm -hmm. They'll do things that they don't want to do because um, they don't want to hurt someone else's feelings or they've been trained. We've all been trained in some capacity. I, it's really rare to find someone who's not to have the, that weird existential guilt thing of like, you're like, why do you feel guilty? Guilt is the perception that we have that we're either going to be judged as doing something wrong, seen as being bad or have done something wrong against someone else, but it's usually self-imposed. Mm -hmm. Um, except for the fact that there are, you know, people out there that will make you try to make you because you can't be made to, but they will make you feel guilty because they've trained you into that's their coping strategy to get you to do what they want because they'll be like, well, if you love me, mm -hmm. you would do that. Parents do that to their kids all the time. I'm like, stop doing that. Yeah. And I'm quick to be like, don't do that to your child. They're like, what do you mean? I don't know. What, what, are, you, what are you talking about? I'm like, do not put that condition I, because you're conditionally training them that I'll love you only if you do it. That's what you're saying. Yep. And then they're like, oh, that's not what I meant, but that's what you're saying because that's how it gets interpreted. So now you have guilt. So, um, so important about the boundaries to not feel that you have to please someone else to make it okay for them while you're suffering. Yep. I show a couple of weeks ago. Don't, yeah. don't train. You get, you're always training people how to treat you. Right. Train them, train them right. Yeah. Always. And so if you end up feeling guilty, you have to look at that going, did you really do something wrong? Or are you just worried about someone judging you? And is it worth the pain that you're torturing your, your gas? I call it gaslighting yourself. Yep. Are you gaslighting yourself and tormenting yourself for what? Because the other person, whether they got what they wanted or not from you, has, they've moved on. They're yep. on to the next oh, guilt right. trip. They're on to the next guilt trip. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I, you know how I've talked about Michelle and I talked about how we grew up and I grew up. Right. Like guilt should be my state staple to my forehead, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. And I, and it's, and it's one of those things that I learned early in my career coming into my career of, I think I, I kind of glommed onto it because it was such a second nature thing in, in one in my sport and, in, you know, being female sport and also being in the environment I was in, which I will leave at that. Yep. Um, but it was, it was to please others because it was so conditioned into me that if I didn't, there were always ramifications for it. And I got to a point where it's very difficult to guilt me into anything at this point. Yeah. And being in this field and also doing my own work and being able to practice what I preach, which I'm always trying to do is that unless you've actually done something wrong, there's nothing to feel guilty for. And yeah. saying no is not doing something wrong saying, I don't want to, or I don't agree. That's also 
unapologetically not guilty. Right. So, right. It's if you've done nothing wrong and you, you know, work on being your best self and you have not done something, then it's like the guilt doesn't right. register. Right. Okay. Moving on to the next thing. Believing your self-worth depends on productivity. So I have a friend that overworks herself in hopes that she will keep getting raises and getting recognition and have that work out in her favor more and more. I'm sure she knows who she's, who she is while she's listening today, I'm sure. But, and many people do that. Um, your, your self-worth being validated by someone else because you're being more productive only leads and teaches, trains people in how to treat you even right. more with expectations that you're going to do more. Right. The more you do, the more you're going to do and the less you're going to get back for it. That doesn't mean you don't do, but you have to be good with your boundaries to not overwork yourself and you have to be able to say no. So those la these last two kind of go together is your productivity is not who you are. But if you keep working on it over and over and over and over and over and you think that the more I work, the more kudos I'll get, the more kudos I'll get, it doesn't work out like that. No, it just and raises you know, the bar for you. It raises the bar of the other person expecting. Mm -hmm. And then yep. when you fall short of that bar where, say, another person falls short of that bar all the time and they never get pinged for it, you'll be the first person to be like, I can't believe I'm so disappointed in you. And you'll right. have a boss that will say, well, you know, I can't believe you won't come into work today. Whereas the other person missed five days, you right. know, you set this expectation for you to be your self-worth now is going to get creamed and pummeled because you've allowed yourself to open that door to, and you've learned yep. that this is what it is. And people do that all the time. You've so, trained people to expect more from you. Right. Yeah. Um, sacrificing your voice and your beliefs to avoid conflict. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one for today right yep. but there's so but there's always times when you're going to um it doesn't mean that in moments like you we, we were talking about today that you should just be like blah and, yep. and you you have to know your audience is it worth dying on the bridge for a conflict over something that you know is not going to go anywhere most people go into conflict and use their voice in hopes to change another person. I'm all for and support self-advocacy. So in this particular thing, how do you unlearn it? You learn you unlearn that behavior by being self-advocating, by saying, we probably shouldn't have that conversation because I don't believe what you believe, and yeah. it will probably not go anywhere. Nothing wrong with saying that. Now, a person might say to you, well, what do you mean? I want, and you go, nope, because yeah. it's gonna cause a conflict and I value the relationship more. Or you can go quiet, but at least by using your voice, you're still advocating, but you're not going into maybe what you believe. But that's okay. That's totally fine. Or you can be, yesterday I was wearing a shirt that got lots of kudos for by lots of people. And I'm sure that the people who didn't say anything were avoiding the conflict with me because it just said vote. But it it was a very specific vote, right? Yeah. Thing. It was in the gym, you yeah. know? And I imagine that for all the people that were like, oh, I love your shirt. There were about as many that were like, I don't like your shirt. Yeah. But they're, you know, but appropriately so. I mean, if someone had come up and said, I don't like your shirt, I would have been like, okay. But one of the big things about, about self-care is I think in the shirt is one example. The turtle sign is another example. You know what you can do is you can just drive by. Right. And be, it's gone three seconds later and just go on with the rest of your life. And that's probably a healthier way that's well, a healthier it, choice because you're 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 
you have to pick and choose your audience. And it's like, you know, it's not every time, like, you know, when I, when I say sacrificing your voice to avoid conflict, there's times when the bridge isn't worth dying on. Right. It just, it just isn't. And there's many times where it isn't, especially when it comes to religion and politics and all stuff, especially if you don't know your audience, especially, because it's like, why bother? I mean, people wear stuff all the time, you know, you know, everyone's got their little signs and symbols and blah, 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 and their hats and whatever, whatever. Like, who cares? You know, if that's what you need to wear to make yourself feel better, go for it. I mean, you know, I wear my shirt because I wear my shirt and I'm not trying to be like, hey, here's my shirt. It's just, I believe in what the shirt says and therefore... I don't care. Yep. So, but if someone wants to die on a bridge to confront me about it, I'll let them die on the bridge. Cause I'm just going to be like, okay, yeah. I don't care if you like my shirt, <laughs> but that's a, that I had to unlearn the reaction that I used to have years and years ago. I'm not any different than anybody else. I had to unlearn my, a strong reaction that I would have had by being like, how can you not like my shirt when, well, I'm actively making a choice to wear the shirt and make a statement. So therefore, I'm going to get someone to say something. But if you disagree with it, keep walking. Right. That, that's again, that's the healthier, that's the better life for you. Right. Rather like, than I engaging somebody in a treadmill. People are wearing yeah. that say things and I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. Because they're right to wear it. I don't care. Yeah. Not my issue. Plus, what do you gain out of that conflict? Is nothing. Nothing. Right. But when it's something that is worth, of course, worth, you know, you know, family, like you think of family things and all those things that you can have the conversation about. You're like, okay, I want to have that conversation so that you can not avoid the conflict, but you can say something. And last but not least on my unlearn list is um, when people um, are not celebrating their accomplishments because of others' feelings. Right? Yeah. So, for example, I have like a client who has two kids, one kid just does amazing and the other kid eh, they're kind of mediocre and they struggle and they do well but they yep. they they struggle so they silently kudo the one that does amazing because they don't want to make the other kid feel bad and i'm always like don't do that no. you kudo both kids equally and but they're like yeah but the other one does all these but that's okay so they stifle the one that's doing out of this world yeah. and then they uplift the other one in a non-real way right. and imbalance it. That's one example, right? So it's like taking, you know, the accomplishments that you're having and, and stifling them. I was trained to always downplay my accomplishments because, well, I came to it on my own early on in something like, because when you're an athlete, I was in the news a lot. I was in the newspaper. I was on the local TV. Yeah. There was always stuff, right? And what happened was, is I would get picked on and bullied. If I, if I had a kid that would come up to me, true story, and say, hey, Kim, can you do like a series of back handsprings in a row? I initially used to go, sure. And I would, do, I was a kid, you know, yeah. sure, I do it. As soon as I would finish the last back handspring, there was always someone standing in that little space in the hallway of the school or whatever, being like, she's such a show off. So I was double-edged sworded all the time. Right. I was screwed if I did and screwed if I didn't. And then I started having that, oh, that's that small feeling of like, be small. And then I finally realized like, wait a second, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to, when I'm not going to perform for you like a pony. And also I know that you're not nice. And <laughs> I already have my, I go and it's my job. I go and do gymnastics and I get what I need from an elsewhere space and I don't have to. So it's like, take, you know, it's, it's, you should celebrate 
your accomplishments and people so often are told don't brag don't have you know you have to have humility bragging and having humility are are not bragging is one thing having humility and being able to say yes i'm i'm good gymnast or yes i'm a good runner yes i'm very smart in school there's nothing wrong with saying that it's then what you do and how you act after that so nonetheless those are the things that we will come back to but those were my nine things i wanted to talk about that were about unlearning that and not following alex jones <laughs> so that's true um everybody thanks for listening this week and um and 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 uh i was gonna say something but i'll i'll unpick on i'll unpick on lou later <laughs> okay. um you guys thanks for listening this week and i will be back next week with more conversation about this and and have a fantastic weekend uh it's gonna be a beautiful one up here in new england and i will see you next week Thank you.